Welcome to the Caregiver's Toolbox, tools for everyday caregiving. We provide education and information on senior care topics. Here's your host, Ryan McGinnis. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Caregiver's Toolbox, tools for everyday caregiving where we give you information and education on senior care topics. My name is Ryan McAniff. I am here with Janet. Janet, how are you? I'm doing well. We've got a lot going on. The last quarter of the year is always kind of crazy in businesses, I think. Everybody's trying to push, push, push to get as much uh, business in, especially in private home care because the, 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 the colder months up in New England are usually the slower months, so you want to go into the new year with as many cases and helping people as you can because you know people recuperate. Unfortunately, do some people do pass away, and some people, for whatever reason, stop using our services, whether they move into an assisted living, a nursing home, whatever it might be. And so going in, yeah, going into those, those uh, you know, gearing up for the slow months to have a good, solid um, clientele base to kind of get you through, kind of like, you know, a bear hibernating and eating as much food as they can <laughs> because you know that your 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 business is going to take a couple hits during that time frame. Wouldn't you so, like to take a long nap like that, though? I that don't would know. Be yeah, cool. I guess so. That could be good. Well, well you not think too of long. just even with, with our everyday lives, you know, once you get past Halloween, people look at the calendar and go, oh, my gosh, and things go 90 miles an hour. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also that, you know, I think when people look at the calendar, all of a sudden they start getting into a mode when, you know, like I, I'm looking and because I know I'm on call over Christmas. I'm looking at Christmas and I'm like, it's one day. Like, it's not even like a four day weekend anymore. You know, like like Thanksgiving is always a, 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 a basically a four day weekend, yeah. which is fine. I'll be on call for Thanksgiving as well. But, you, you know, people start getting into the mode like, oh, well, we need to start thinking about Thanksgiving. I'm like, that's still three weeks away. Like we got plenty of time to do meetings and get things done and talk with people. And so many people I know just use it as an excuse to be like, oh, I can't get this. You know, I think 10% of people are telling the truth. The 90% of people are using it as an excuse not to do what they should be doing. Or just panic. Yeah. I, well, I don't mean in this office. I just mean in general in the world. Like, oh, well, you know, I don't know if I can go to that dinner on Saturday night. You know, Thanksgiving's coming. And you're like... <laughs> Still three weeks away. Like, what? Well, I've got to start thinking about what I'm going to think it's about a doing. Day to you know, be like, thankful I don't know. for, not to dread. I'm just, I'm sitting it's there. It's like, dread day. But we have so much going on on the business side of things that are going crazy. My to do list, I use an app for my to do list, and it just feels like there's more past due items than there are to do today. Um, but we needed to get down. We're doing these podcasts. Um, as regularly as we can. We do them two to three times a week, so I want to stay on that schedule. Um, And today we're going to talk about something, and and, and we talked about this on a previous podcast. Sometimes we can't remember things that we've done. I think I've done individual ones on these, but I don't think we've ever done just kind of a general ways to pay for private home care. Mm -hmm. And I did, I talked about six ways that you can pay for private home care, and I know you know all about all of them um, well, so we're just going to kind of go off the cuff in case somebody joins this podcast a little bit after the fact, and they, they I think sometimes people uh, see the titles of some of the podcasts, some of them are a little ambiguous, some kind of spell out exactly what it's about, and I think when somebody says ways to pay for private home care, that's going to be a big one. People are like, yeah, I want to know how I can afford this. <laughs> what are my it, options? Because it can get expensive. So 
The first one that we're going to talk about is Veterans Aid and Attendance. It's not very well known, um, and this is a, a program through the government, the VA program, VAA, I guess if you want to call it. And what this does, and we're not going to get into super details of it, this is just kind of general, is it can help you pay for up, it can help you pay up to $3,000 a month for home care. Um, which sounds awesome. It's like, oh my gosh, that's a that's a decent amount of money, and it is without a doubt. But that three thousand also includes kind of like a spouse. There are certain requirements that you have. Do you know all the requirements, or do you want me to kind of go? Off I of don't that? know all, all the right. requirements. So one of the things that's that that is the, the biggest hurdle. Um, so basically, the the biggest thing is is there are three big requirements, I believe, and and I'm not an expert, but one is you have to serve during wartime. That doesn't mean you have to have boots on the ground over in Korea during the Korean War, but you have to be a member of the military during a wartime effort. So obviously, the last 20 years when we've been at war with Iraq and Afghanistan, and it seems like it's never going to end, if you're in the military, you automatically check off that even if you never even left Florida. doesn't matter. Um, the, the, the second one, and kind of the, the, the biggest one that's the most biggest hurdle to come over is um, dealing with um, that you you how do I want to say this you need to have more money coming going out than coming in when it comes to the care and so what I mean by that is that you know let's say you you live in a, 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 a house that doesn't count it needs to be providing care for you meaning it's private home care that's assisted living or that's um, medications that you're paying for you know all those 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 types of things so just because you're you have a Ferrari does not mean that you have more going out than coming in. You need to be at a net negative because of the care that you're getting. And so that's where that's where a lot of people got hung up on because this is the problem with the Veterans Aid and Attendance Program. It takes anywhere between 90 days and 180 days to go through. If there's some bureaucracy involved, it takes time for paperwork, you're dealing with the government and you're dealing with tons of applications and there probably aren't as many people handling those applications as should be. So the, the problem is, is that if you're, this is essentially a program for people that are not super wealthy. So if you're not super wealthy, you're spending down your money already as it is, and you need to wait anywhere between 90 and 180 days to be getting reimbursed for this program, it makes it a lot more difficult for people that don't have a lot of liquid funds and, and liquidity to be able to pay for this up front to, to then get the retroactive payment from when you started services to get. So that's one of the difficult things with the veterans aid and attendance. But the benefit is, like, let's say your dad needs it and he's not a wealthy guy, but you're doing really well as a lawyer, let's say, and you can float him the money. There you go. Okay. That that can work in the, that manner. Um you know, there used to be a loophole, which I believe got closed this year, which is all about putting your money into a trust. So with applying for Medicaid, um, you can't have just put your money into a trust right. and five days later apply for Medicaid and everything was okay. Right. You could do that with Veterans Aid and Attendance Program. But they just they just got rid Close of that, that. loophole. Um, so that's something to look at. I did a whole blog post on that. So if you type in like the ultimate veterans aid and attendance guide into Google, my post will more than likely be one of the first one or two that come up and you can click on that and read all about it and kind of go from there. And you, you can be a spouse of a veteran too, can't you? Absolutely. You can, can you be a child also? I don't I'm think not you can be sure, a child. A spouse, I think you can I be think. a spouse or a widow um, of, of 
a, uh, of a um, okay. veteran. So, or what aware of the veteran. So the next one I know you know you have plenty of experience with, which is long-term care insurance. Ah, so yes. I'll let you go ahead and speak about that. Long-term care insurance is, um, is a broad category in that different long-term care companies have somewhat different requirements. So it's not a, a, a black and white. You have to know what your particular plan um, covers. And what we generally do with... with well, well, just be, let me interrupt. Just yep. one thing where I think you, a long-term care insurance plan is a plan that you buy into on a monthly basis. Yes. And then when you need private home care or assisted living or you need care, that plan will then turn on and they will be paying you out a monthly stipend to help pay for the full amount or partial amounts of the care that you're getting. So you will start just like... Just like almost like a life insurance. You pay in, you pay in, and then when somebody passes away, you can get the annuities or you can get a lump sum, things like that. It's an insurance plan that people pay into to ensure that, um, shouldn't have used that word to describe it, but to protect themselves from having to just keep paying money for needing long-term care. I'll yeah. let you go from okay. there. See, th- this is why you run these podcasts, not me. I'm just jumping into, okay, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> um, what generally happens is um, whoever your long-term care company is, you want to find out what they cover. Uh, there are some out there that do not cover dementia. They, But for the majority of them, they will cover a certain level of home care. They often look for what they call a minimum of three ADLs. And I know we've done podcasts in the back on what ADLs are, which are activities of daily living. And that's your your bathing, your feeding, that kind of thing. Um, And with that, um, they're going to look for documentation. Um, Oftentimes, it doesn't mean that the person is bedridden and has to be fed and all of that. It may be cueing. You can have someone with dementia that they are capable of swallowing and helping you, but they cannot dress themselves. They cannot function on their own. So you find out what it is that they want. Generally, what happens on the agency side of things is that insurance company will send us a form and they want to know we're not some fly-by-night trying to take advantage of somebody, and they'll let us know what their documentation needs to be. Usually, it's some form of a simple care plan. Yeah, there's some type, there are requirements for documentation, and my, my suggestion would be the second you find out that you need some type of care to let the private agency know, and then usually, at least we'll, we will, just because it's easier, we'll just call up the private, yep. the, the, the insurance company directly, try to get one contact person and, and make this as seamless as possible. But that's a way to pay for it. Just like the Veterans Aid and Attendance Program, long-term care insurance is more than likely going to supplement the cost. They're, it's going to offset some of the cost. It's going to be, supplement your paying for it. It very rarely um, pays for all of the needs that you, that you may have once you start getting it. But, you know, there's obviously exceptions to that rule. So it's something to look at. But if your loved one is, or you or your loved one are already past 65, it probably doesn't make sense to get long-term care insurance. The the, the catch-22 with it, if, if I can play the good and the bad and pros and the cons, is that you need to start paying buying it early. You like They say 50-55, so that you're still in a good bill of health. You'll have a lower low monthly premium, and, but the problem is you're going to have it for a long period of time, in theory. Then you're going to be paying for 20 years until 75 you need it. While if you get 
that at 60, even if they allow you to get it, you're going to be paying a much higher monthly premium because they know they have a lot less time to uh, make as much money off of you before you will likely need the care or the insurance. Um, obviously, the good thing is it's there for you when you need it. But one of the bad things is is that if you unfortunately pass away from a sudden death rather than a long drawn out death, um, you lose all the money that you put into the insurance. That's what yeah. they're banking on. That's the whole idea of insurance. It's a uh, it's it's a safety in numbers kind of thing. Yep. Um, so that's kind of the pros and cons in a kind of a short. Uh, wrap uh, bow and uh, and wrapping it up easily. The next one that you, you we we're going to fly through this one is privately pay. <laughs> is the vast majority of people are going to privately pay? It's checks, cash, credit cards. That's basically it. Um, it's not very complicated. You work with other whatever vendor you have, and you put a credit card on file, or you write a monthly check or a weekly check or whatever it might be. Yep. So another way that you can uh, maybe not pay for private care, but you can offset private home care is through tax write-offs. Um, a lot of people, when they start using our services, they ask, can we deduct this through taxes? And the short answer is yes. How much it is, how you do it, all of those kind of technical questions, you need to speak with your accountant about it. But we yeah. have definitely worked with a plenty of clients that have been like, yeah, well, at least, at least I can deduct some of this from my taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, so while I wouldn't consider it under a way to pay for private care, it deals with money. It helps offset the cost, however little or however large amount it does. But when you're spending you know, thousands and thousands of dollars um, over the course of uh, months and years on care for somebody, there it's worthwhile reaching out to your accountant and saying, "Hey, you know, ten percent tax break on a hundred grand, still ten ten thousand dollars." Yeah, and whatever uh, vendor you might be working with, you know, we we expect after the first of the year, people are thinking about getting their taxes together, and you may, you know, we get the call, "Can I have uh, a printout of whatever?" It's one of those things. Don't wait till the last minute. Don't wait till April. 14th because you're under a lot of pressure to get all that done but it um it helps so another another way quote-unquote way to pay for private care um that people ask us almost every single time and and they ask it not even because they know it's not going to be a yes but they ask it because they would feel so foolish finding out that the answer was yes and they never asked it but it's always going to be a no is private insurance that's your Blue Cross, your Edna, Neighborhood Health, whatever is in your area, your own health insurance or um, the person's health insurance, uh, or even if that's through Medicare. Um, unfortunately, no, that's not something that um, is going to happen because that's health insurance that's dealing with the medical side of things, and we do non-home care, non-medical home care um, services. So it's very, very rarely going to happen, which is exactly why long-term care insurance was probably invented because they realized there yeah. was a way to be able to, to charge and make money off of people in care. But how, how often do you think people ask us if private insurance pays for this? Oh, a couple times a week. Yeah. I mean, and it's a reasonable question. I don't, I don't yeah. believe I would ask the question too, and um, you just never know. But usually the answer is it's highly unlikely. We have yet to find a person that has called up saying that their private health insurance will reimburse them for this care um, but it's at least worth making the call to your health insurance company and finding out if they're willing to do that because maybe right. you have the you know i know blue cross and all these insurance companies have multiple tiers of of plans right you can mm-hmm. pay more so you know you never know how it works out but um, it's highly unlikely 
And this next one, number six, um, is a bit more speculative because it's still in the process of happening, but I think it is going to happen. I just watched a webinar on this last week, but I kind of come up with this podcast a couple weeks ago, and this is called the Medicare Advantage Plans. Um, other states are have already implemented this, but basically what Medicare Advantage Plan is coming up with is, um, are you aware of this or this kind of I, little... I know of it, but no detail. So basically what CMS is doing is they're announcing that through through Medicare, the Medicare Advantage plans, that they will allow different vendors to provide care and be reimbursed through Medicare that otherwise would not have been qualified. Um, so one of these things, and and of course, it's it's going to get complicated because there's there's always the the trials and tribulations of implementing something and then the loopholes that are involved. But basically what it's saying is, is that um, Medicare Advantage is going to help pay for and pay for non-medical home care services. Um, and, and what's going on is that um, it's they're considering, they're going to have supplemental benefits that, that are going to be um, considered health care related. And kind of one of the areas in which is important for home care is going to be it reduces the uh, avoidable emergency and healthcare utilization. So what they're trying to avoid is the frequent flyers to ERs. That's a huge the amount most of money expensive form that of is being spent on yeah. through Medicare. It might not be the biggest, but it's the most costly in terms of. So somebody falls, they go to the ER. Somebody has a catheter uh, problem, they go to the ER. These these, and I don't mean to make them sound like they're not important because they are. But these non-life-threatening emergencies that people don't know where to go in the middle of the night or the middle of the day, mm-hmm. so they automatically call 911, the ambulance comes, brings them to the ER, they stay in the ER for a few hours, they bounce them out because they really weren't an emergency, but they could have been avoided. So this is obviously relatively vague language. You know, mm-hmm. what, what, is, what is an avoidable emergency care utilization? Well, I mean, that... That seems so vague, it could be anything. But it's certainly opening up the door for home care companies like Minute Women and other private agencies to be able to provide help to people, and then the agency themselves would get reimbursed through Medicare. So um, that is a way to do this and and to get that type of care. Um, Kind of a bonus one, because as I was talking about this, this right now sounds a lot like some of the ASAPs we have in the area. Exactly Um, what I was thinking. The ASAPs in the area are um, basically area service providers um, that um, help usually uh, the lower income people in Massachusetts um, and certainly mental health people in Massachusetts mm-hmm. gets Meals on Wheels, gets some some basic care in there, uh, basically uh, hour-by-hour hour care, meaning that we have blocks of time of four or five hours that we do, 10 hours, 12 hours. We would, a private home care company would go, be going in there for a quick hour to do a, a bath or to make a quick meal, right. and then they would move on to the next-door neighbor or whoever's down the street. Um, so that is another way to get private home care as we think about this. But there are loopholes that are involved. It can be very difficult mm-hmm. that, you know, either there, there are the, some of the problems. There's, there's regulations involved that come from the government. Um, there's not a huge 
a high reimbursement rate because money is certainly very tight. You're dealing with people that are going to be needing probably ongoing care for a long period of time, especially in the mental health category of that, that they might be very young, but since they're they're unstable at this point in time, that they're going to be needing this type of care for decades possibly. And not just custodial care for someone to be a companion. Absolutely. So that is another thing. But those are kind of some of the ways you can pay for private home care that you can get private home care. You know, the problem is if you're needing 12 or 24 hours of home care, you're going to be needing consistent home care over a long period of time that is over four or five hours a day generally you're going to be paying out of pocket for it. Whether you have long-term care insurance, whether with the tax write-offs, with um, even Medicare Advantage, um, however that ends up shaping into whatever it shapes into. (laughs) You know, most of the time when people are using private home care, they need us for safety issues that are an ongoing problem that are going on for, and and they're only going to usually get worse. We we do work with people where people get better, and we're thrilled about that because mm-hmm. then we do a good job, and that helps expand the brand of Minute Women and it lets people know that. But generally, when somebody falls and seriously injures themselves, that's the start of a decline. Yes. Unfortunately. Yep. So, yep. you know, when you're thinking about private home care, know that the bulk of that is going to be paid privately from your funds or from your parents' funds. But there are some ways that you can either mitigate that cost or reduce that cost or, or mm-hmm. try to take advantage of whatever tax, tax write-offs you can take advantage of that maybe lessen the pain as much as possible. Yeah, and, and you made me think of, you know, another, and it's it's not a lot of money, but like you say, every little bit can help. There are certain hospitals, there are some towns that have different programs. Uh, there's a town near us that... Uh, if the individual grew up in the town and was a member of the community and they qualify for whatever, they can get a grant for money to use for home care. Or some hospitals do that oftentimes where it's um, an oncology situation or whatever. And in the end, I think in some ways it's almost like there's the bill to pay for college and then there's the scholarship that paid for the books and there's the scholarship that you went or the grant you went and got to pay for your meal plan. Or, and sometimes you need to pick up these little pieces here and there to make it all work. Absolutely. We do those types of grants and we're happy to do them because, yep. you know, it, it's, it, it, it helps people. You know, the grant that we do really comes from uh, Leahy Hospital and it's for the oncology department. Mm-hmm. And, you know, specifically that my mom passed away from cancer. You know, is it a huge money maker? No, it's not. Really, yeah. it really isn't. But you know, we're helping people, and you know, it, 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 uh, you know, with seeing what my mom went through, I am more than happy to put some effort and some money, and and otherwise, where my my team could be productive in other areas with the time that they have, but put them towards this because we're helping people out that are in need, even if it's two or three hours once or twice a week, which is yep. what the grant usually allows. So, I mean, it's it's good to do that, but, you know, and, and I was just going to say, going back to the ASAPs, if you don't have ASAPs in your area, because not everybody's in Massachusetts, talk to your council on aging. They're yep. going to have some resources of what's available. If you're going to a hospital, talk to the philanthropy department. Any decent-sized hospital is going to have you know uh, endowments they're going to have people that give they're going to have fundraisers and and there's a real all these hospitals are are do have things to help out people you just have to know who to talk to and who to ask and the best place to start going is maybe talk to uh, uh, the, the the donation department and they're going to know 
what programs they have that might be able to help you out. And right. They're just phone calls. All the, the worst they're going to say is no. And the That's best right. they're going to say is yes. And, and there are some very helpful things hiding under rocks. Absolutely. Just, yep. And, you know, and, and that's a good point. Like, you know, these hospitals are, are busy. Businesses are busy. Sometimes they put so much money into funding these things but forget to promote them as well. You know, <laughs> Right, like, right. So they're there. And if you talk to the right person, it's great. But they're just there's no billboard outside that tells you how to get the free grant. Um, and, you know, the grant that we work with, I don't. It doesn't. It, there's not a whole lot of bureaucracy involved in that grant. It doesn't feel like it. No, it's pretty smooth. It's pretty smooth, and, and they get on board with us, and they get get reimbursed quite quickly, and it's it's worked out really well. So, anyways, those are some things. You know, not going on that rant, but those are some things you can think about. Food for thought. There's about you know went from six to eight different ways that you can try to offset the cost and pay, or pay for. Uh, private home care. So, Janet, thank you very much for joining me. My pleasure. And I hope you have a dry day because it is pouring outside. This is why I don't like living in Mass. I love Massachusetts. God, four days of rain. Oh, my God, I have like a rain headache, I swear to God. We'll hope for sunshine. No kidding, right? All right, well, hope for sunshine. Thank you for listening to us, and have yourselves a great day. 